Well, good morning, everybody. May grace and peace abound to you. Today's message I want to entitle Volunteers. Psalm 110, verse 3 Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauty of holiness. From the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Another translation says that your people will be willing, willing in the day of your power. You know that volunteers are people that will offer their services without compensation, without pay. They will freely give themselves to whatever the need might be. And in our neighborhood where I stay, there are people that willingly wake up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning to patrol the streets so that crime might not overtake our neighborhood. And there are some of these people that have been doing that for years now, and they have so organized themselves that they have become more reliable than the people that are being paid to do their job. And so I realized that we need volunteers in different sectors of life. We need people to volunteer their service, their gifts, their time. Without volunteers, things will be hard. I'm sure that you, in your own capacity, from time to time will volunteer at work, in your neighborhood, your community. And uh, in this day of, I call it the day of provocation, in this day of the Lord, uh, there is a requirement for volunteers. When people go to war, when nations and kingdoms go to war, there is always a requirement for volunteers. It is the Hebrew word nidaba, and it means literally a free will offering. It's when you give an offering when no one asks. It speaks about an abundant offering, an offering that is plenteous. It speaks about the heavy hand. And I want to bring this message to the people of God today to stir your spirits and to awaken those who are at ease in Zion. To see if by any chance we can awake the sleepy ones, the ones that are in a slumber, the ones that hear but they don't hear, the ones that hear the sound but cannot interpret the frequency of the sound. To volunteer means to step up, means to step forward, and you've heard it in the exhortations this morning. You know that God will judge you for every word that you have heard. I always say it would have been better for you not to have heard what you hear, because then you would be able to excuse yourself one day when the day of judgment comes. You have to know, saints, that every one of us will be judged 
for the works that we have done in the flesh and also for the works that we have not done in the flesh. We'll be judged for how we have handled the word of God. We'll be judged for how we have heard the word and how we have not yielded to it. How we have not complied to the speaking of the word. And so I believe that all of us here, including myself, there is a heavy hand of the Lord upon us. And God wants to bring us to the next level of intimacy with Him. To the next level of power and authority with Him. When we say that we are recipients of the grace of God, we have to believe that God's grace comes to us more abundantly than what we deem to be unmerited favor. You can ask any Christian what is unmerited favor. They will tell you how God provides for them. They will tell you how God blesses them. How God brings opportunities. But they will not speak about power and authority. They will not speak about maturity. Because in the end, that is how grace is packaged. It's to bring to you the power to get the opportunity. To recognize it. It's to bring to you the wisdom to know how to act in a matter. So that Christ might appear in the face of a man. And so, to volunteer means to nominate yourself. Instead of pointing the finger... To everyone else, you say, I will go first. Remember when we were at school, whenever there was a task or a project or prepared speech, we would always point to the, those that we think are the clever people. But we will disregard or disrespect the gifts or the, the, the character of ourselves, isn't it? And I think that still happens today. If we would ask if there's anyone that will come and close the meeting in prayer. No, let's ask Ashley to go. Let's ask Jesse to go. And we will say they know how to pray. But we will not consider ourselves. And it is something that we must do away with, saints of the Lord. How we never consider ourselves and we always put the other ahead of ourselves. Now, there is a principle in that. There is a principle in preferring the other. It speaks about goodness. But when it comes to volunteering, when it comes to stepping up, when it comes to be counted, you have to push through the crowd and lift up your hand and say, I am also here. Have you forgotten about me? You must also lift up your voice to say, I am here. The word willing, it's the other word for volunteer. It's the dictionary word that means cheerfully consenting. Means to be eager, to be enthusiastic. It's like an enthusiastic crowd when they worship the Lord. It shows how the people are ready. How the people are ready to receive. Not just the word, but to receive Christ in him. 
I'm sure that there was a time many of you were like that. There was such a passion, such a zeal on the inside of you that nothing would keep you from the house of the Lord. That nothing would hinder you from giving. That nothing would stop you from stepping forward, from nominating yourself. But as time went past, the cares of the world has crept into your life and it has choked the word of the Lord. It has killed the zeal and the passion that you have for the Lord, for his people, and for the house of the Lord. And so you have become frustrated. You have become cast down. You have cast yourself out of the fellowship of the saints and of the things of the Lord. And you know what? I realize that there are people that are within the presence of God, but it cannot touch them. They are within the proximity of the light, but they remain in darkness. There are people that are amongst people, but they are alone. It is because the word has been choked in your life. The tears and the cares of life. You think more about what you want. You think more about what you can get instead of what you can give. And so you have become lukewarm. You know, the Bible speaks about this lukewarm spirit in the book of Revelation. And says that I would rather be that you are hot or cold. But if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. And what actually happened was that the city to which the Lord writes or, or speaks is in the middle of two cities. From both cities, there would come water from the, the mountains. So this city is in a valley. From the one mountain, the water would come, the cool, soothing water would come. And from the other one, from hot springs on the mountains, the water would come. But the water would take so long to get to its destination. So the, the hot water would be lukewarm when it arrives. And the cold water would be lukewarm when it arrives. And many times we take too long to act. We take too long to volunteer. We take too long to become willing when we hear the word of the Lord. You know, I was thinking this week about prayer. And I realized there are, there are different degrees of prayer. Because when we pray, we are communicating with God. And, and most of the time we want God to intervene and to answer and to make things happen for us but the most powerful place of prayer is not being in the proximity of it it's not to be uh, let's go to the hospital and pray for the sick that's necessary but there's something more powerful than that and this is it Lord, my servant lies at home and he is sick to death. 
The Lord says, I will come. So he's doing the right thing. I will come that I might heal him. I will come that I might lay hands upon him. Don't come, Lord. I'm a man that's also under authority. I say to this one, go, and, to, and he goes. I say to that one, come, and he comes. So, only speak the word, and my servant shall be well. This man is at the climax of prayer. He's at the highest point where he says, only the word. Because that word is sufficient. He, he knew that there is spirit behind words. He knew that you don't have to be in the presence of someone or in a certain place for that word to have an effect. He knew that there was no distance in prayer. He knew that you can be across the sea. If, if the Lord speaks the word, things will change. And I think this is, this is how the church has survived over the millennia. Over the years, the church has survived. It is because of the power that is behind the words that are spoken by the sent ones, by the shalias, by the pastors. It is because that word does not fall to the ground. God makes sure that he waters that word. And that that word does not return to him void. There are churches with no instruments and lights. But they are thriving in this life. No carpets. No roofs. Other churches sit around trees. Why is it that they survive? It is because of the love for that word. Amen. And so when this word of God comes to you, when this word comes to your hearing, when this word is so close to you like it is today, we have no other choice but to say, let it be unto me according to your word. Let your word change me. Let your word transform me. Let your word provoke me. You cannot be a child all the time. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I did things that children do. But now that I'm grown up, I have put away childish things. Do you know there are 40-year-olds that are still doing childish things? Do you know there are people that have been going to church for 40 years, for 20 years? How long have you been in church? But you are still doing childish things. And it's like you have become lukewarm. You've become a nuisance. You've become a hindrance to the work of the Lord. If the word of God cannot touch you, if it cannot change you, then it's better for you not to hear the things that you hear. Because you'll be judged by what you have heard. In this house, we put the word of God above everything else. And we'll scrutinize it. And we'll question and dialogue. Whatever you say, you take the mic, whatever you come and preach, we are inclining our ears to hear if you are talking things that align with God's word. 
We want to hear if your song is laced with Beyonce. We want to hear if your song comes with worldliness. If it is mixed. Because the word of God is something that the, the believer must take pride in. After you have lost everything, this one thing you cannot lose. It's God's word. Amen. Need a bar. Free will offering. Means to have a readiness of mind. To be spontaneous. And to have a large hand. The opposite of willingness is to be unwilling. The hardest thing for a leader or a pastor is to work with unwilling people. Even worse, if those people are gifted, if those people have talent, if those people are called, if they are unwilling, it frustrates not just the work of the Lord in a local church, in a community, but it frustrates the grace of God. I want you to listen to this message this morning as though I am speaking to you individually, Anno. As though I'm speaking to you individually, Nadine. Because it is a, a, a message that requires a shift in your life, a change of mind, a repentance. That's what repentance means. Change the way you think. I am absolutely certain that we are living in the last days. We are living in the day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said it will be like a woman in, with birth pangs. But we have now seen the birth pangs. The intervals are closer to each other. One thing happens this week. The next week you hear... Prince Harry has resigned from being a prince. Things that shakes the world. The fires are still burning in Australia. And so the bird pangs are just coming closer and closer together. I don't know if you personally experience how things are just, there is a, a, a pressure. There's a pushing of things. On the inside of you. And it feels like things outward is also pushing you to a point, to that bottleneck. It's like when you take a Coca-Cola bottle and you throw that mint in it. There is just this explosion of gas on the inside. I don't know if you are experiencing that. Whether in your spiritual life or whether in your secular life. There is a pressure. You have not come this far to fail. You have not endured so much trouble in your life to be a nobody. To disappear in the darkness, in the thin air. You have not gone through what you have gone through to be nothing. Not to get a reward for suffering. After you have suffered, there must be a reward. When you go to work, in a way you are suffering. But at the end of the month, at the end of the week, there is a reward. 
You must get your reward in this life. And I believe that there will be those that are saved for a year and they will overtake the 40-year-olds. Those that are asleep in Zion. Those that love the slumber. That loves the TV. That loves the, the worldly desires. And what that will do is it will, it will cause you to feel contempt at God. And say, Lord, I've been here all the time. You'll have a, a, a contemptuous spirit against your leader. And say, I've been here all the time. Why have you not seen me? It's because you have not stepped up. It's because you are unwilling, reluctant, hesitant, fearful, afraid. This is not that time, not that day for you to be reluctant when it comes to the things of God. Don't be an adult and wait for someone to baby you, to call you every week. Where were you? I haven't seen you in church. You have become a burden. Where you must carry the burden of the Lord, you have now become the burden. People have lost their zeal for the house of the Lord. The story about Jesus when he drove out the merchants in the temple. He was so angry. And it, it shows us you can be angry, but do not sin. The Bible says his anger lasts for a moment. And it's an emotion that God has placed inside of us. I can see him how he makes the whip, puts the whip together. And he says in his heart and in his mind, I'm going to beat them up. Because they have made the house of God a place of commerce. They've commercialized God's things. And he went in there and he actually beat them with the whip. And the disciples looking at him. They remember what David said. The zeal for God's house has eaten him up. The zeal for God's house has consumed him. And we are in that day where the zeal for the house of God must consume you. Must consume you, saints of God. The word of the Lord is provocative this morning. And I know maybe you feel, hey, pastor, why can't you preach an amen word? A hallelujah word. A thank you, Jesus word. Because there must be a shift in our hearts first. There must be a passion and a zeal on the inside. We must love God with everything that we have. And not just wait for that ticket. Not just wait for that rapture. No, in this life, in this life, saints, we must get things right here. In the day of Moses, Exodus 35 verse 10. God gave Moses specific instructions. How he must build the ark of the covenant and the tabernacle. And Exodus 35 verse 10 says, All who are gifted artisans among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. So he calls the gifted first. Are you gifted this morning? Can you preach? Can you witness to somebody? Can you do something with your hands? Are you creative? Every one of us here can do something. 
And so it is a time where God wants to bring his presence amongst you. But he's calling the gifted. All the gifted among you. Won't you come? Amen. Verse 21. Then everyone came whose hearts were stirred. And everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting. For all its service and for the holy garments. And so there was a, an announcement. There was a decree like one today. Can the gifted peoples arise? Can the people that's got money give money? Can the people that has got precious things give the precious things? So that the tabernacle of meeting can be constructed so the Shekinah presence of God can be amongst these people. Can you hear the call? We said last week, don't doubt your calling. Do you know that the church has the biggest problem with offense? Disagreement. They don't know conflict resolution. They don't know about coming back again. But the same church knows how to resolve conflict out there in the world. Because they're getting paid. A volunteer does not get paid. So you say, I'm not getting paid, I'll just go and leave. What is wrong with the believers? What is wrong with the children of God? That they will step back just because there's a challenge. That they will hide. That they will run away and pack their bags and go. What's wrong with the church of the Lord? I've been offended. What's wrong with you? We cannot stand our ground. We do not have a strong back when it comes to our emotions. We are easily offended. What's wrong with you? Everybody gets offended one time or another. But who is the one that's going to stand? Then everyone came whose heart was stirred. What happened? The heart was stirred. A stirred heart happens because the word of God comes to you. I bet you your heart is being stirred today. Without me screaming and shouting. But there's a stirring in your heart. And when there's a stirring in your heart, it means that the soil is ready to receive the seed of God's word. There's a yes in your soul. Some of you are looking at yourself and say, say you saying to yourself, why are you so weak, man? What's wrong with you? It happens there, right? But the moment you get out of the door later, that birds of the air comes and they steal the word. Or as soon as there's trials and tribulations, it scourges the seed that has been sown on that soil of your heart. And Wednesday, you are back to square one. You are back to being lukewarm, mediocre, average, bland, not nice to be around, difficult, hard. But the plowman has plowed in your heart. He's made the grooves. He's engraved. There are engravings on your soul. 
It's prepared it so the seed can, can fall in there and germinate. A stirred heart. When the word of God is anointed, it comes with spirit. You are experiencing that this morning. The anointed word of God. The engrafted word that is able to save your souls. You see what needs saving? Your soul, not your body. Your soul needs saving because it doubts and questions all the time. It steps back all the time. It's unwilling, reluctant, afraid, fearful all the time. Acts 14 verse 9 speaks about how when the apostle Paul was preaching, there was a sick man there. And the Bible speaks of him how you could see that he had faith to be healed. How do you see that? It's because of that posture that he had. It's because of that expectancy that he had. Body language, it speaks louder than the actual language. You can see in a person how they, they are pulling, how they are drinking. But then you can see those that, man, can you just stop talking? Don't you know it's time to go? A stirred heart, saints of the Lord. The heart is the place of sentiment, sensation, emotions, and feelings. That's why words are so important. Must watch what we speak. When I'm speaking here today, I am first touching your heart, your sentiments, and your emotions. The next step will be to reason with your mind because the soul of a man is made up of the heart, the mind, and the will. So I'm touching your sentiment. And when you leave here, it is important that you activate your mind. The mind is the place of reason and logic. It's that place where you figure things out. God says, Come, let us reason together. God wants you to ask him and dialogue and reason with him. That's the mind, the place of the rationale. But here in the scripture, he says their hearts were stirred and their spirits was willing. What is a willing spirit? It's the, the world, the place of the world. When you are at that place, it's a graduated place in your decision making. You make decisions so that you can be activated. Where you actually do something. It's, it's one thing to understand. One thing to receive. One thing to know. But you have to get to the graduated. You have to matriculate in your thought patterns. Your thoughts must bring you to the place where you say, I'm changing my mind about this thing. This is what I'm going to do about this matter. And when you do the matter, the word that has been spoken over your life now becomes flesh. Becomes alive. Living in and through you. I want to believe that this is the season and the year where people will meet with God like they have never met with him before. Where people will do things out of the ordinary in their lives. They will actually prove God, like the scripture says in Malachi. 
prove me in this. If I will not, if you do this, I will do that. I want to believe people will actually be at that place where their faith will be audacious. Audacity to believe God. You say, I'm going to give. I'm, I don't have, but I'm going to give. I'm sick, but I'm going to go. I'm sick to death, but I'm going to go. I want to believe that. Hallelujah. A willing spirit moves you to action. Verse 29 of, of Exodus 35. The children of Israel brought a free will offering. There's that word, nidaba. They volunteered. They brought the free will offering to the Lord. All the men and women whose hearts were willing. Father, I pray that you will bring willing hearts into kingdom nexus. Whirling hearts. To bring material for all kinds. Did you hear that? Everyone can be a part of the work of the Lord. Material of all kinds. Material that we have not seen in this house. What are you going to bring? Some of you might bring invisible material. Invisible material is lasting material. Man, just bring yourself. If you can't bring anything, bring that material. Bring it. Don't bring it once a month. Once in three months. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. They shall be willing. Amen? They brought all kinds of materials for the work of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Oh, by the hand of Moses. People say, no, I am doing the Lord's work. But by whose hand are you doing it? Do you have a Moses in your life? Do you have someone that leads you? Do you have someone that is covering you? That teaches you? By whose hand? You get those that say, no, I'm, I'm a child of God. But where? front of the TV? Who's your pastor? No, Creflo Dollar is my pastor. Rubbish. This is how the American gospel has contaminated the work of God in our day. You send your, your tithes and your offerings to a man that you don't know, that you have not seen. But when someone in your family dies, then you can Ask your local pastor, can we use your church? Can we use your chair, your urn? Can you do the funeral for us? People that you don't know, by whose hand are you doing what you are doing? Man, if God has planted you, they must know your name. And so we see how the Lord's has worked through Moses and the Lord has commanded Moses. Can you imagine? I know God speaks to everybody. We teach that. But when it comes to leading a work or a people, can you imagine God speaks to a hundred people 
And he says, I want the church to go in that direction. Or I want this, this to happen. There'll be confusion, isn't it? Now, I've been thinking what happened here when everybody, some brought earrings, bracelets, gold, silver. Some brought precious oil and ointments and all kinds of things. Leather for the work of the Lord, for the tabernacle of meeting. They brought their offerings immediately. Immediately. They brought it immediately so that they could not give their soul a chance to cool off. And to reconsider. It's like you are, it's like how the spirit of God are challenging you now with certain matters. Act immediately. Don't take a week to cool off. The Lord has said you must give don't take a week to cool off. The Lord has said, step up. Don't take a month because you'll be back where you were. Volunteers, willing. No season will be more convenient than the present season. In that, others were not moved. Although many came, others were not moved. Some brought reluctantly. So they've heard. But just to be part of the commotion I'm going to bring. But they brought reluctantly. They brought murmuringly. Grudgingly. Forgetting that God loves a cheerful giver. Saints, don't give. Listen to me. Don't give when you murmur. Don't give when there's grudge in your heart. Yes, must we give again. It's like you're stealing from yourself. Others brought cheap offerings. Just so that they can see I'm, I'm going, I'm giving. Don't give to be seen. If all that you get is to be seen, my man, that's your reward. But as your prayer is in secret, so let your giving also be in secret. I know that God will supply all our needs according to his riches. But what about you? Will you quote that scripture? Lord, I have given and it shall be given back unto me. You will have to work by the sweat of your bro. It's a principle. There's examples in the scripture where it's like God wants, God wants the widow to give. Someone said, Amen, Pastor. This widow came to Give me an offering. I said, no, don't give, give it to me. Because I know she's not working. I said, you cannot do that. If you withhold her giving, which she freely gives. You haven't even asked her, but she freely gives the offering. If you say no, you are closing the door of her blessing. It might even be a last. You don't think about that. You just know that you stand in the place of God. So that God might bless her. Are you listening to me? When people want to give you something. And you know they don't have to give. Receive it. You won't bless them. But God will. Hallelujah. Let's move here. And then others brought what they could. But to them it was their best. Volunteers give your best. Some of you might be just a year with us. 
But let that year be the best that you give. Some of you say, no, I'll be here forever. Like Peter said to Jesus, I will never leave you. I will die for your cause. And then Jesus said, man, the cock will crow three times, then you would have denied me. So while you are here, while you are not denying, while you are not betraying, give your best. Whether it's a week, a day, a month, a year, five years, you must leave here and say, I have given everything, pastor. I've given my alles. And now my heart is at rest. Volunteers, willing people, Nadine, my heart is at rest because I've given my best. I had nothing to give, but I gave myself. That song we sang last week, I give myself to you. Hallelujah. Isaiah 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now God connects the word willing with the word obedience. Obedience is the Hebrew word shama. It's the Greek word hupakuo. It simply means to subject yourself to what you hear. How many times does the Spirit of the Lord in the book of Revelation say, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord say. This Shama speaks about hearing intelligently, hearing to learn, hearing to change, hearing to be transformed. It speaks about a deep hearing, hearing beyond the words, where everything in you hears. Not just your ear, but everything in you. Your whole constitution, hear the frequency. We have to interpret frequencies. There's a frequency this morning in this house. That frequency is not the same like it was last week. And we'll, it will probably not be the same frequency next week. But uh, that hearing, that shama in us must be able to hear it intelligently. Deeply, movingly, it must touch us and transform us. Amen. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Amen. The Apostle Paul speaks about how he dies daily. We die daily, saints, to our own ways and to our own desires. The ear is the organ that brings balance to the body. Amos 8 verse 11. There will be a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Hey, saints, you can hear the word of the Lord, but you can still be in a famine. I want to urge you today to become a volunteer, become willing. I'm drawing to a close. Second Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 3. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, need a bar. The Greek word is 
or Tyratos. They were freely willing. Here are churches in Macedonia. In a great trial of affliction. Not in affliction. Not a trial. But in a great trial of affliction. Out of their deep poverty. The riches of their liberality was made known. You are not in a deep trial of affliction. You are not in deep poverty. But this church, they were at the worst place that you can think of. But they were freely willing. What did they do? They gathered everything that they had, like the people in Exodus, building the tabernacle of meeting. And they sent money and relief to the church in Jerusalem where there was a drought, the church that, that had great need. And they sent to people across the color lines. Normally we can give big to people that are like us, our friends. But we are hesitant and reluctant to give to those who are not like us. But this Macedonian church, people of God, they made a way to give. I'm praying that people will find ways. They will invent ways. Let me give the shoes. Let me give this shirt, this coat. Find and make ways to give. Young people, you can give something. Amen? Hallelujah. Nominate yourself. Don't sit on the fence. Get involved. Get active in your church your neighborhood, your community, but get active. Be proactive versus reactive. Proactive means that if there's a paper there on the floor, you don't wait for pastor to say, pick up the paper. That means you have become reactive. Proactive means that when you see uh, they need sweeping, I'm going to come and sweep. Proactive means when you see the the tree has fallen over on the outside. You don't wait for pastor to say, is there any volunteers? You volunteer yourself. You become proactive. Simple examples. But in you becoming proactive, you becoming willing, you volunteering yourself, you will see the presence of God in your life, in your family. Opportunities will come your way. What are the three most important things in your, in your life that you can't get a breakthrough, that you cannot win it. Why don't you consider giving yourself to the Lord and see what's going to happen? Yeah, you can get people to pray for you, but certain principles must fall in place. And when you stand perpendicular and in alignment with heaven, heaven's imperatives and initiatives for your time then you'll see how things just come. How God sends people. Amen? How can you volunteer yourself? How can you be willing? Is when you get involved. Start a home group, man. Start a connect group at your house. If you have been saved for more than three years, you are able to do that. Start something. Bless the Lord. Become a soul winner. Become a servant. Become a giver. Say, Pastor, I've never worked at church. Let me come. I'm going to offer my, my services, my strength, whatever. 
once a month. I'm going to come and do something. I'm going to clean the carpets. I'm going to do this. So I'm going to send someone to come and paint, to come and do that. What is it that you can do? How can the zeal for God's house eat you up, consume you, without getting paid? Matthew 25 verse 19. Speaks about the parable of the, uh, the talents. One got five, the other two, and the other one. The Bible says they traded with their talents. To trade means to work, to labor, to make gains. It means there's an exchange. There's a transaction. We must exchange the gift of God, the word of God. We must transact with it in our daily lives. After a long time, the Lord of, of those servants, verse 19, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The word settled accounts also speaks about reckoning. It's the Greek word scenario, to bring together with others. He brought everyone together because I'm going to reconcile things now. It's accountancy. It's to, to settle accounts. They say accountancy is the language of business. It means measurement. Measure yourself. It speaks about processing of profit, gain, benefit, and assets. It also speaks about loss, forfeiture, disadvantage, and want. And so the Lord will stand as an accountant over our lives. And he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Have you ever thought about what that means? Good and faithful servant, those three. Good, faithful servant. Good means to be profitable, to be useful, to be a benefit. Faithful means to be trustworthy and trustful. It's one that can be relied on. It's a person that's dependable. Are you reliable? Can we depend upon you? Can God depend upon you? Servant is the Greek word doulos. And this is a deep form of servanthood. It means to be devoted to another. To disregard one's own interest. It means one who gives himself up to another's will. It's a volunteer. Lastly, verse 27 says, So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. The gifts that he has given to you, that's why he said, take away what he has and give it to the other. And he says, even what he does not have will be taken, because it means it's not his. And he says, and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness is when you are in, but you are out. You are in the proximity and the touch of the light, but cannot benefit from it. The light of God's word cannot penetrate your ignorance. It cannot penetrate your hardened heart. It is there. You are so close to it. It's like how Jesse is close to me. But the light cannot penetrate her heart. You are among saints, but you are still lonely. You are in fellowship, but out of relationship. That's outer darkness. 
There's missed opportunities. There's no opportunities. You are spiritually stagnant. All you do is copy and paste. Spiritually, you're not going anywhere. Who do you say that I, the son of man, am? You can say what everyone else says, and, and you can think that you are in the crowd by liking everybody's posts. But what do you say? What is your opinion? How can you pray? Do you have words to pray? Or will you copy and paste everything? Weeping and gnashing of teeth is when you are in the company of good people, but you perceive them as your enemies. It's like I'm just there because my husband is there. I'm just there because my mother is there. My father is there. I'm just in church because the church is my parents' church. You are with loved ones, but you cannot take them. You cannot handle them. These people frustrate me. They are not on my level. I'm irritated amongst them. I cannot mix with them. I'm here, they are there. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to repeat this before I say amen. Nominate yourself, saints of God. Be willing. Become a volunteer. Be present. Be there. Come up. Show yourself as one that is eager and passionate and zealous for the things of the Lord. Do not sit on the fence. Do not be in the middle. Let this year be a, a different year for you. Don't disappear early in the year and then come only in winter time. Don't disappear when it's December conveniently. But be, have a consistent life. Have a consistent, dependable spiritual life. Be a good church member, church goer, whatever you want to call it. Make a difference where you are. Can you sing? Can you play the piano? Can you play the guitar? Can you? What can you do to bring the presence of God? Get involved. Get active. Get active in this house. Be proactive. Start a home group. Start a home church. Start a connect group. Be a soul winner. Be a servant. And be a giver. Can you say amen? amen? I hope this word has in some way challenged you. The word might be hard, but we are not harsh. It's just that we have become so serious with God's, God's things that we refuse to go through the motions. We refuse to just have a nice time when we know that people are staying behind. When we know that people are not growing spiritually. No, we want the best for you. We want to rejoice in how God is using you. We want to rejoice when we see how the Spirit of God assembles His people together. To that place where we, we all become like family. I see it amongst our children. It's like they have become brothers. All from different parents, but they have become brothers. They know each other. We want the adults to become like that. And we want to prosper in the things of God. We want to grow and excel and become more glorious in this region when it comes to God's things. And we can do it together. We must do it together. We must be willing. We must be volunteers. And everyone has got a part to play. From the 10-year-old 
to the hundred year old. Everyone must give of themselves. Let's all stand this morning. Hallelujah. So we bless you, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for this word. Hallelujah. Settle the word in our hearts today. Help us to be volunteers. Help us to step up and step forward. So much to do with so little time. Help us, Father, to recognize the signs of the time. Awaken us in Zion. Awake our spirits. Awake our souls. Remove the slumber from us. Give us ears to hear. Help us to be willing and obedient that we might eat the fat of the land. The fat of the land is around us. So close to us we can touch it. But we thank you, Lord, that in this season and time that you make us willing and obedient. I want to come and bless your people today. Those that I would need. Those that needs the Lord to intervene in their lives. May you touch them this day and in this hour. Make a way for them where there seems to be no way. I pray for our people that they will not work on Sundays. But that they will find themselves in the house of the Lord on Sundays. I pray for those who have jobs. That requires that they work on Sundays. That the Lord will make a way for them. That their bosses will give them off when it's the Lord's day. When it's time to worship. Or that the Lord will come and promote them and give them something better. We will not be satisfied how people are going out of the house of the Lord to work in a secular place on a Sunday. We announce this. We announce over your people that a time of refreshing comes. That a time of passion and zeal comes upon them. We announce over your people that they prosper. That they are in health and their souls are prospering in this day. May opportunities of employment come their way. May opportunities for ministry, for soul winning come upon them. We declare healing and strength over their bodies. Only speak the word and my servant will be made whole. Where they stand, may healing overshadow them. Heal them from their high blood pressure. Heal them from their lupus. Heal them from their cancer. Heal them, O oh God, from their blood diseases. Heal them from the, the lumps that metastasizes in their bodies. May those lumps be shrinking now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Heart conditions be healed. All sickness and infirmities be healed. Let every curse be broken over their lives. Every spell, every wicked intention against them. Let it be cast down in the presence of the Lord. May your hand be upon them. May you open up the heavens over them, over their children, their loved ones. Oh God, where they dwell, may they dwell in safety and in peace and in the fear of the Lord. We bless your people. May the blessing of God come upon them strong in this day and in this hour. We ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.